This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tyke. You know, I'm not sure if you have. Wow. Wow. Look at you. Actually, no, let's go down, baby. Let's go. What do you. Uh, is it white wine or what's your. This uh... is a uh, Oregon Pinot Noir from the Willamette Valley from our friends over at Violin. Okay. Well, I was. Uh... I was today years old when I found out that Sunny D makes a vodka seltzer. Oh, so, really? Let's just do the pot on that. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Cheers, cheers to you. I'm going to take a sip, and then we're going to do something that we traditionally do on uh, all other shows, but we just haven't had a chance with the Wolves here. Mm. Live on the Scornout YouTube channel right now. Um, let's hit the music. <laughs> right Kyle for for the first time in 19 years the Minnesota Timberwolves are playoff bound in back-to-back seasons celebrate pop your champagne <laughs> whatever you need to do and by the way I don't want to like give away too much of what we're going to talk about here we're going to be live for I don't know, 30 40 minutes but I see Judd in the green room here we're going to bring Judd in oh, from courtside in. in just a second here but I think the Nuggets have a problem on their hands. And maybe it's just me wildly overreacting to some Timberwolves games recently, not counting the Lakers game. Um, but that looked like a team tonight that had patched everything up from the punch heard around the country. A, <laughs> a, a team, a team that I'll say this, that team moved the ball with more purpose and less selfishness than we've seen I mean, they did it a couple times a couple weeks ago, but like if they move the ball that way and play defense like that, Denver's got a problem. The one seed has a problem. I don't know. I'm not, I am so not prepared for this. Uh, I don't know where you want to start, but I will say that that was there was there. Were, I think you talked about this with on Mackie and Judd. Like there was a fork in the road moment um, because you've been this disappointing team all year, and you've been the mo- most frustrating season I can remember covering. Maybe the same for you. Uh, and you came into a game where you're playing the, one of the youngest teams in the league that has all their picks, and you're one of the older-ish teams in the league with no picks, and the smallest team in the league, and you're probably the biggest team in the league, even without Jaden, without Nas. Yeah. Uh, and if you, if this whole 2022-23 regular season would have been ended at the hands of like five guards as you built this Twin Towers <laughs> target centers thing, yeah. Uh, I know. I mean, I still. I mean, now I think we're fine. But like, I never thought Chris Finch was gonna go. But I just, the seat of someone would have been so hot. Oh my gosh! Yes, like so hot. This that- this win basically. This win, you get to now continue the experiment that you're not quite sure about, right? Like you're like no one is still really sure. Can Rudy play with Cat? Can Ant play with two seven footers? And they're also playing shorthanded, and they're they're playing an eight man rotation that should probably be a seven man rotation based on uh, the way that our guy J Mac has been. Like J Mac is like, 
It's like it's like the movie uh, Space Jam. Like all of his, uh, you know, backup point guard superpowers have been taken you know, away. But and you know, he that that calf thing. I don't know. No one's really said it, but like he always had just that little extra burst. Like he reminded me of like Minnie Mouse. Like he was just he was such a pest. And I don't know if that's the case why he's kind of not been able to be himself. But if it's not the case, then he. I mean, he is a great kid, but he is unplayable. Like tonight, I was half a glass or half a bottle in. Like I was texting my friends, like, you, if, if you're going to try to find a backup point guard for like two minutes and you don't want to put Kyle out there or, you know, Na needs a break or Mike's out, like, put Wendell Moore in. Like, you just, you, because he'll, he'll, he'll defend too. We've seen Wendell Moore. Like, yeah. they started him against um, Morant earlier in the season. But, uh, I, I mean, that, that's, I think, where you start before we bring Judd in. Like, the, the, per, and rightfully so, the Piranhas were ready to pounce on this season if they would have lost this game on national TV after blowing the Lakers game to the smallest team and the whole, you know, the punch right around the world thing. Um, and you might not like to hear this, and you might be like, hey, I can't believe we're celebrating playoff series or whatever, but it's like, yeah, actually, that's what we're doing. This is where the, this is kind of where the organizational bar is. Like, the Vikings have been around for 60 plus years. Right. They've done everything there is to do. Look at you. You're just not even pouring it in a glass. You're just... Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) It's all from from the bottom, baby. Uh, let's bring no. him in here. He's, uh, he's courtside right now at Target Center. He is Mr. Hoops himself, Judd Zolgad, on this, on this Friday night. Uh, you had a front row seat, or I don't know what row you were in in media row, but you had a very close seat. Not quite as close as A-Rod and Mark Laurie, uh, who were shown on TV a, a million times. But what was, the, what was the vibe like? This is exactly what I think people have been sort of this – this might have been one of their most complete performances of the season. Best you can, you can probably fairly say that. Yeah, best win of the season. <laughs> First of all, continue, continued shout-out to Wolves fans. They've been fantastic, like, all year long. I, I, I don't think we have – I don't think done enough how great Wolves fans have been. Uh, they packed this place tonight, the upper deck. Out, there were no tarps. Tarps off. So you had a capacity crowd here. It was a loud crowd, late start, Friday. It was a party. So congratulations because – Wolves fans have put up with a lot, including both of you. And and it's fun to see the excitement in this building that was generated. <laughs> exactly. Look at that. Look at Taggy's just God, are you gonna wake up with a headache tomorrow? <laughs> Kyle's just gonna be like, Oh, what happened last did the Wolves win? What happened? What, ha- what happened last Why? night? Why am I How sweating? Did the truck hit me. I don't understand. Um, but no, th- this was impressive, and I will say this. What I liked tonight was, for the most part, OKC never felt like they were in this game. Like, they never felt, and, and uh, unfor- or I shouldn't say that. Fortunately, Phil, you know, uh, Gildas Alexander is certainly a good player, but 5 of 19 from the field tonight. He ends up with 22 points because he was 12 of 12 from the line. Uh, 0 for 1 on his three-point shots. And here's where... This And this is a very weird thing to say about the Wolves, but I'd be curious to get your guys' reaction to it. Here's where I felt this game at some point in time became loser-proof for the Wolves, which is a very odd statement. It's this. They use their physicality and size to beat down OKC at every— and so they never went to, like, when the game was close, it never became, well, can they make their three-point shots? Like, can they make their outside shots? Whenever there was trouble— the Wolves basically said, we're going to pound the ball inside the Cat, who, by the way, on the evening had two fouls, okay? 
So, I mean, wow. what a difference that makes. Wow. Uh, Actually, you know what? Yep. <laughs> Run it back, baby. 28 points, 11 boards. <laughs> Gobert, 21 and 10. Ant, 19 and 10. But the fact was, this game never came down to can the Wolves make their outside shots? Because every time OKC threatened them, basically they just pounded the ball into the paint and made easy baskets. Um, and look, OKC's not a big team. They're certainly not a physical team. But that's a good game plan. And this was not one of the, what was it, 10 games that the Wolves lost where they were playing a clearly inferior team and found a way to blow it. Yeah, This, this was the- not that. It's, it was also not one of the 19 blown double-digit leads. And I'll yep. say this, like, almost every time they've had a double-digit lead this season, for that reason, I have been, been kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. No. And uh, I'll, I'm going to tattle on Kyle. I sent Kyle <laughs> the sort of like, all right, this, I, I sent him like the Denver better be on, on watch notice text with like three minutes left and the Wolves are up by 25 points and Kyle's like I'm still worried about this game so <laughs> I said I'm, uh, the, I'm the thing that score north hates is I'm I, I'm not sure I'm comfortable yet and I know that they won by 25 and I'm still a little nervous but yeah. Judd just want Judd one more time how just how how loud was it was it like a confident fan base in the arena or like, yeah. what was it what was it like okay it got pretty confident yeah okay and and look I the Wolves for one of probably the rare times during the course of this season gave the fan base no reason not to be. Um, and, and the thing, too, is, and this is what's been frustrating about this team, is when they put it together, they've got talent. Like, this is not a, you know, this is not the years of non-playoff teams that were just a woe-be-gone franchise, right? So, like, tonight, you saw it. You saw it. And, again, I think, I actually think of all the stats that I'm looking at on the monitor right now, you guys, I think the key stat is, K Towns, two personal fouls. Yeah. It's a sneaky stat. It is. I mean, when he's that's the thing. I mean, he kind of he said it in in his postgame press conference after that Lakers game. He said, Well, you know, when I have five fouls, I don't wanna he basically said I had two options when I got to the fifth foul in the fourth quarter. I can initiate offense and inevitably someone flops and commit, you know, my sixth foul, or I can just kind of go into a shell and not do anything. And I like, there's gotta be a middle ground, but you know, for him, like the the first option is just don't get into foul trouble. And you see when he when he feels like he can just go out and play. And he, by the way, he did not look tense tonight. He did not look uptight or like he was trying to do too much. There was a couple times there was an and one. I think it was in the third quarter, and uh, he hits a shot, gets fouled, and he's just got this super confident wry smile on his face. And he's looking at the fans in the front row, and he does the one like he does the yeah you know, the one two and then the three and the and one. It's about as confident and comfortable as I've seen Cat in a big game. You've seen him on a Tuesday night in January or February, but in these big games, and this is what you know, you haters like me, so to speak, <laughs> have been begging for. It's like it's not good enough to just be really good in the first half, and then oh my god, I get into foul trouble, and what am I supposed to do? Right? No, like this right now, this franchise runs through Carl Anthony Towns, and tonight was one of his best performances. I'd have to go through and kind of I'd have to comb through like the Memphis series. He had a couple great games in that Memphis series in and around the clunkers. But if you take all of his playoff games and all of his play in games, this is one of the best big game performances in Carl Anthony Towns career. And he deserves huge credit for what happened, you know, coming off that fourth quarter overtime debacle against the Lakers. I want to ask I want to ask both of you because this whole thing started with a shocker. Uh, I had no idea that Nikhil would start. 
alongside Mike Conley in the backcourt. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but Nikhil Alexander-Walker is cousins with Shea Gildress-Alexander. They only said it 64 times in the first half on the call. So what, all um, hyphenated NBA players are cousins? Is that yeah, the... Yeah, he, he was fantastic, though. I mean, he... I mean, talk about foul trouble. SGA was had, I think, three early in the second. I think he ended up with five. I mean, he was just in a weird spot all game, couldn't be aggressive. But every time the Wolves would score, they now would just go find SGA. Like, mm-hmm. before the ball was inbounded, he would just go, basically marked him the whole court up and down. Uh, and that was a pretty heady move by, by Finch because Prince just couldn't guard him. Like, that's just not a guy that, that Prince wants to guard. So, that, shout out. I mean, we've been critical, right, all three of us of Chris Finch this season, but that was a... That was a monumental move to kind of put his watered-down dollar store Jade McDaniels in the starting lineup and just say, go, right. go, go guard SGA. Just That's all you got to do. So do you think it was, because I, I think it was equal parts, let's change something up in the starting lineup and let's, let's create a, let's, let's put him on SGA. But I also think it was, okay, uh, we have a really short bench in rotation. Let's bring a sure thing off the bench in Kyle Anderson to lead the second unit. And yeah. Kyle Anderson winds up playing the 32 minutes he was going to play anyway. Like he would have played 32 minutes whether he started or not. But I kind of love that. Okay, you can, you got enough, you got, you got enough leaders and guys in the starting lineup. Kyle Anderson's value, I think, and tonight was a great example. And my guess is they do the same thing against Denver. His value is heightened even more when he comes in with that second unit. Yep. That's so depleted, right? All right, yep. we needed to just be the organizer of. And really, it, well, the second unit winds up being uh, 20 minutes of Torian Prince and seven disastrous minutes of Jordan McLaughlin. So it's not like he's leading four other guys on a second unit, but I think it made a lot of sense from that perspective, too. And he played great. And the, the thing, too, is that I, I think the Wolves did, to Kyle's point, I think they did a very good job tonight, strategy-wise. Like, they, they had a very coherent game plan that actually exploited the Thunder's weaknesses almost immediately, which I don't know that that the Wolves have done as consistently as you would probably like to see. Because again, I'll go back to my point. This is a talented team. Like the bench is is not deep now. And, you know, watching Jalen McDaniels with a cast on on his hand and Nas sit there certainly hurts. Uh, It's going to be very difficult to win a series against the Nuggets. But this play-in game tonight, I thought was a really well-coached game, well-played game. And, Phil, back to your point on Cat, too. Aside from the fourth quarter against the Lakers and OT, when we know Cat disappeared because he basically played so passive because he was concerned about his foul trouble, I will say this as far as the steps go, because I've spent the past week uh, certainly being critical of Cat. But, you know, when you think about it, the Lakers game for three quarters, he was damn good. And tonight, he was great. Um, and a year ago in the one playoff game that they won against the Clippers, D'Angelo Russell saved them because Cat was terrible. Yeah. So yeah. I will say there's a maturity that we have seen essentially for seven quarters of, what, the nine-plus that have been played or so, that Carl Anthony Towns has shown you something that I think a lot of us were questioning at, at times. And if I'm not mistaken, too, he got off to a rough series against the Grizzlies, right, and then came back and had a couple great games but, you know, there was a consistency here, for the most part, aside from his passive play in the fourth quarter in Los Angeles, that I think we were, um, I think it's gratifying to see it. I'm with you. I, I was also just thinking, too, about Finch. Uh, he took that challenge in the second quarter, which was like, what are we doing? Like, it's not, like, that's not a time you challenge. 
But it just seemed like for all this stuff, Phil, that you and me and Judd have criticized, he was going to micromanage this one. Like, he was like, I'm not going to be as, you know, Phil Jackson-esque and letting my guys figure it out out there. Yeah, because they was can't like, sometimes. There was, there was yeah. a moment, I think they were up 14, and, like, OKC scored, like, a pretty easy basket to make it 12, and Finch was immediately timeout. Like, he was not going to let go of the rope this time, and that's what you were going to have to do in this playoff series coming up against the Nuggets is just – yeah, and also, too, back to your point, they can't play seven guys. I know we're kind of looking ahead now. They're going to have to unearth someone on that bench because I don't think you can just play seven guys because at some point you're going to have foul trouble. At some point you're going to lose a guy. So no Jalen Noel tonight, who I think was hurt. Um, but maybe you'll see one of the young guys get a little run. But all in all, good performing. Kyle Anderson was a team high 20 plus 25 off the bench. So yeah. to your point, Phil, just he, he just sets the table. And what if you can have a lead – and bring Kyle Anderson in, he's like a he's like a closer. I mean, he'll just he's not gonna give up runs, he's not gonna be, you know, a minus player. Uh so all around one of you know, Finch's probably better games he's coached in his three years here. Yeah, this is you know, if if I'm Denver, man, I'm I'm I mean, obviously Denver's gonna be confident and they've got Jokic, who's one of the best players in the world, you know, the 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 reigning defending two time MVP, but Boy, if I'm Denver and if I could if I could be honest with the world, I really wanted Oklahoma City to win this game because I think Denver takes care of Oklahoma City pretty easily. Yep. If the Wolves play and the Wolves can play like this, and we've seen them play, I don't again, this is probably the best they've played considering they're shorthanded too um over the last month or so, but if the Wolves bring their A game in a seven game series to four or five of the games, I'm telling you guys, I'm I promise it's not the uh the sunny Indeed. delight I'm, vodka seltzer. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> if the well no, but but the but Meg's the like, oh, but here. the but the caveat is if yeah. the Wolves bring their A or A minus game, yeah, Denver has a problem in a seven game series. The Wolves beat Denver twice this season. And Denver's not your prototypical number one seed. If if all teams were healthy and playing at a peak level in the West, Golden State's better, Phoenix with Kevin Durant is better. So you're kind you're kind of getting a fake number one seed here too. Again, like Denver's the favorite, but I'm just saying this like for the Wolves to punch their ticket tonight and look like this if they have found something in the wake of the Kumbaya meetings after the Rudy Gobert Kyle. By the way, Kyle Anderson threw at least a couple lobs for alley oops to Rudy Gobert in that game tonight. Slow mo. So, actually, when, when Gobert in the second half embarrassingly airmailed the free throw, <laughs> and the fans started audibly laughing and sort of not mock cheering being mean but it's like oh my god the guy just missed the rim entirely yeah it was slow-mo who stood there and tried to quiet the crowd and basically say get behind my guy dude so they're all gelling to well, Ke- kevin garnett tweeted it he said you know hey a little scuffle like this before the playoffs get everyone on the same know, page here's the most important thing though you're going to have to in every, if you are going to have a chance just a chance against the nuggets you're going to have to get a game from cat every game like you did tonight yep. yeah like that's the one thing that can't that can't sway but you're if you think about it too and i still like i stand by everything i said about his fourth quarter overtime against the lakers because it fits the previous three playoff losses where he just like he was you know we did the math on it in the if you count the playing loss to the lakers and then the three the last three losses to Mem- to memphis in that playoff series cat played 44 minutes in the fourth quarter overtime in those four games he made four shots, committed six fouls. You have to be better in those situations. But if you look at the two playing games in totality, he played seven awesome quarters. Yep. 
So change the if if you can just just don't bring your F game in the fourth quarter of a big game, right? Don't get into foul trouble. Right. So it's not it's not that much to it, just play like cat, but avoid some of the dumb stuff. And he did tonight, and and it was basically a playoff game tonight. Before Judd got on, Phil, we were talking about how I mean th- this was a classic. Like 110 percent of the pressure was on the Wolves. The Thunder don't have to do anything. They don't have Chet. They have all these picks. They're the youngest, yeah. second youngest team in the league. There was no pressure. They've so, achieved more, way more than anyone ever thought going yeah, into tonight. Their yes. win projections for the season was like 24 or something. So no pressure. All the pressure on the Wolves. They won. And now, as we've talked about Phil for like three weeks, it completely flips. And I don't care if you want to be like, we need to have higher expectations for Minnesota. I'm with you on that too. But the Nuggets like can't lose <laughs> in the first round. They can't like... Some of these teams now that have had these long regular seasons of success, like if the Nuggets lose in the first round, like if they lose game one, that team is going to get crushed nationally. Jokic is going to get crushed nationally. So if you, that's why I kept just saying just get in, right? Like it sucks not to have Jaden, not to have Nas. Nas really plays well against Denver. But now you can just kind of be go back to Finch being a weird scientist. Like try some stuff out. Throw Josh Minot out there for a couple minutes. Yeah. Play big. Play small. You know, try to outrun them if you can because they're not the fastest team in the league. Uh, I mean, again, there's, th- th- this experiment still needs to pay off down the road. But with the cards you have now playing seven guys, like the Wolves are going to go into that series underdogs, and that's going to put the pressure on, on Denver. And that's when the Wolves are kind of at their best sometimes, when everyone just expects they're going to get crushed. Uh, you know, when you have high expectations, they let you down. And when you don't, they kind of impress you. So that's been the tale who of the would season. You, Kyle, who would you – so let's say they keep the same starting five. Torian Prince comes off the bench. Kyle Anderson comes off the bench. I I don't play J-Mac at this point. You got to get Jalen Noel and just see, like, I don't know what his knee is because it's been so weird, but he played, what, the other night, and he looked kind of okay. He played mm-hmm. against the Lakers, I think. But who if, are your other two? Like, if you sit J-Mac, and you, let's say you want to play a nine-man rotation, do you, I mean, who, who are your other two? Is it it's Jalen Noel, and do you, do you give Josh Minot, like, six minutes? I would give him six minutes. I know we've joked for a whole year about how much we like him, but you don't know what he is. Like Dude, I know it can't Austin, be worse than J Mac. Exactly, and like different not, position. But I mean, but, you but you're, you're bringing Kyle off the bench. Like you want to have Kyle or Mike on the floor, basically 48 minutes to run point and keep adults on the floor to tell the kids where to go. Um, so that's why it's not going to be Austin Rivers. It's not going to be probably Nate Knight. Like just throw Josh into something for six minutes and see. Like can he cause Aaron Gordon problems? Can he defend Michael Porter Jr. Just just kind of spice it up a little bit because again, now the tables have turned that. All the pressures on Minnesota on Friday, but on Sunday, all the pressures on the home seed in the number one seed in, in the West. It's Mackie here, and a shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Even so, I am an allergy sufferer, and it's uh, it's rough sometimes with stuffy, runny nose. For me, it can be like dry, scratchy eyes, throat, even just feeling tired. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear. With Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief. Just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D or ask for Claritin D at your pharmacy counter. Go to Claritin.com right now. For a discount, so you can live Claritin clear. That's Claritin.com. Use as directed. What's the key to for uh, against 
at Denver especially, what's the key for the Towns uh, Gobert combination here? Like, how what what can you do? How do you? Because if you can go in there and get game one, I think it changes. Like that to me is the curveball, and then you get to Denver uh, certainly a little bit on its heels. So what's the key for? Uh, Cat and Gobert to be as effective as possible because I feel like if that combination can work it changes things completely if it doesn't work out it's going to get to be I mean you're probably going to lose game one then and then you're back you know a, a little bit uh, on your heels at that point yeah I, mean, I, ju- I just think they have to play big I mean that's, that's all they have left right now right even without Jaden and Nas uh, you're not going to get crushed in transition by Denver because Jokic is not necessarily Usain Bolt out there running up and down the floor so you just gotta play big and like you like Judd said too you need just big big games from Carl because we don't know I mean Ant was really good tonight 19 10 6 and 2 but I mean that's still not Ant right I mean he's averaging 25 on the season so if Carl can lead them in scoring and you can get I mean I remember I think it was this season or last season where Ant had like nine threes against the Nuggets one night in Denver um and also too like Ant has shown in these playoff matchups like he loves to get up for these TNT games, these ESPN games. So you're just going to have to lean hard into your two best players now and then just hope that Rudy and Carl can play 48 minutes without fouling out against Jokic because yeah. there's still a pretty big talent gap now when you don't have Jaden and we don't have Nas. Dude, this is, uh, I mean, it's the Tim, Tim Connolly series, right? I it's, will say one, one housekeeping thing we got to discuss now as we like, oh, they gave up all these picks. Year one, probably a disappointment. They make the playoffs, but still a disappointment. But, oh, my God, is my June saved because I don't have to worry about the lottery. Because if the Wolves lose tonight, they would have given the Jazz, like, a 1.7% chance to move up in the draft and win the lottery. The Wolves are not in the lottery. That first pick in the Gobert thing is not a lottery pick. I am going to have the best summer ever. Yeah. So the the, the absolute, like, worst-case disaster is avoided. Uh, Two quick house cleaning things. Judd, if you could turn your mic up a couple ticks. Um, of course. I mean, we're 25 minutes in here and we're drinking Sunny Delight vodkas for God's sake, so it doesn't. <laughs> Trent, if you could really be professional, while yeah. I'm, I feel like I just get drunk. Uh, it's a it's a little How's quiet. That? Yeah, I think that's, that's probably better. Yeah. Better, okay. Um, but um, and the other thing too is for the for the people in here. Wow, there's there's just hundreds of people in here right now, uh, just at midnight after the Wolves clinch uh, the eighth seed. If you could click the subscribe button and the like button on the Score North YouTube channel that you're watching on here, it would help us spread the word on Flagrant Howls and at Score North about this awesome Wolves fans community, this uh, awesome Wolves fan community that you guys are helping us build here. So thank you for riding with us all season long on Flagrant Howls. We're going to continue not only through the postseason, but we're going to continue all throughout the offseason with reckless speculation season. But um, it is the Tim Connolly series. And so my next question for you guys, we'll start with Judd on this one. All right, so they finished 42 and 40, which is uh, four fewer wins than last season. But Carl Anthony Towns also missed like 50 some games or whatever. So you can always kind of hang your hat on that and say, well, but Cat was out. He's, you know, our most talented player. So uh, they go down in the regular season, but they at least get back to pretty much the same spot they were last year, which is get into the playoffs and, and take a swing at a one or a two seed. Would you say that this has been a step back if they don't beat the Nuggets? Or do you think it's sort of, all right, well, they kind of weathered a weird storm in the regular season, and at least the franchise is moving ahead here with back-to-back playoffs. Like, how do you assess, after this massive trade almost a year ago, where we're at now 
going into the first round of the playoffs? Well, I think so far it's safe to say that it was underwhelming for sure. Like, yes, Cat missed time, but there were a lot of things that didn't work. And and look, this team, uh, because of its talent, and rightfully so, I, I think a, a lot of people had expectations that they wouldn't be a play-in team, that these two games wouldn't have been necessary, that they would have been uh, seated high enough to advance straight to the playoffs, therefore beginning play tomorrow. So I would say right now, underwhelming. Um, I think there's still a lot of unknowns, which is troubling. That's partially because of guys being hurt, and it's partially because things didn't work as expected. I, I mean, you know, having to trade, and it, it's been a good trade, but having to trade d was not probably part of the plan. Um, I think there was an expectation that that Ant and Cat would work, that d and Gobert would work, and certainly one of those blew up and didn't work at all. So underwhelming would be the word that I would use. That being said... With the playoffs starting now, there is a chance to write that. Because if you can, you know, I, I mean, I hate to say this, but it's the Wolves. So partially, depending on how you look in the playoffs, that's going to be important. You know, if you get, if you lose in four games and look like crap, then yes, the whole thing looks like it didn't work well. If you can win a couple games, I mean, heck, if you push Denver, that's going to change the perception. But I would describe, Kyle, the regular season as underwhelming and disappointing compared to what we I think rightfully so expected yeah I have no counter to that I mean it was every Phil I, I was telling you a couple weeks ago when I would look up like on Spotify or whatever I'd look at our podcast like history and it was like one was really happy and then the next one we were firing someone and then the next yes. one we were drinking and then the next one yeah. we were like moving out of town <laughs> so uh totally frustrating season I mean you know again it goes back to what you guys kind of set up all week Phil we talked about it too this was a razor or like kind of a fork in the road moment. If you lose this game, you're going to get crushed and everyone will deserve it. And someone probably gets let go or moved or whatever. But now you win it. And now all you had to do was get in. I said it after the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers win would have been great because then I wouldn't have had to drink and stress tonight. And Judd could have stayed home. But I just think they match up better with Denver. I, I don't. I know if Memphis is down a couple big guys. But like, I just think you want to go into Denver now and just play fearless finch said tonight post game like they got to extend the rotation a little bit and if you even give josh minot eight minutes of meaningful playoff basketball i think that's important i think five six more games for ant in the playoffs is important so these guys don't have like like phil said it's one of carl's most important games of his career that's not great because <laughs> he's like 27 and this was a playing game but you need those reps because the last time you thought of carl in the playing game it was the lakers kind of collapse or it was the clippers collapse he was awesome tonight, and you just need those reps because it's hard to win in the league. OKC showed it tonight. Young teams don't win, and you just need the young kind of foundation of this team, Ant, one-armed Jaden on the bench, Carl. Like You need those guys to get reps if you're going to try to build this thing out now in year two and year three. Yeah. By the way, so I'm just reading some of the quotes from the post game in the locker room here. Mike Conley is speaking to or, or recently spoke with reporters. So it's been confirmed by Chris Finch mm. that it was Tim Connolly's idea – so Dane Moore was the first to float this one, our guy Dane. Um, it was it was Tim Connolly's idea to start Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Chris Finch said, okay, I like it, let's do it, and it worked. So interesting. And Mike Conley said, quote, Nikhil is one of the hardest working guys I know. He's probably been waiting for this moment for a long time, playing against his cousin. He was texting when they were playing in New Orleans <laughs> about what guys like to do. Uh, he was really locked in, so... That's the thing. I mean, 
and you and you saw and, and and Joe, we were talking about this on the the, the Lakers post game show. Like, I was all ready for the flagrant house live episode after the first playing game to be just a celebration of the Mike Conley trade. <laughs> Holy cow. Mike Conley was one of the best players on the floor for 40 minutes. And, and D'Lo had is, watch, is, is yeah. Yeah, watching from courtside yep. with uh, the rest of the celebrities as, as uh, Dennis Schroeder takes his spot in that game. And of course they lost. So we really couldn't do that episode, but Again, tonight, like Mike Conley, and Mike Conley wasn't the offensive star because he didn't need to be. Mike Conley was the adult. He was the, yeah. he was the energy spark. Uh, he understands tempo and pace and leadership and all those things. And they also got Nikhil Alexander-Walker in two second-round picks in the same trade. Three. I mean, it's for three second-round picks Yep. in the same trade. And so, you know, we, and rightfully so, we spend so much time focused on the Gobert trade. But Tim Connolly's second blockbuster trade looks like a heist for the Timberwolves that helped them get to the playoffs, which obviously is great. Remember what, remember what I said when it happened, Phil? I was like, all jokes aside, Danny Ainge has been just revered for how he rebuilt Utah already by trading out two superstars and getting just all these picks and really you know good players, Walker Kessler, Laurie Marketing. But it was really weird that he would do that deal with Minnesota. Like if you're a basketball person, you're like, why are you going to give the Wolves better players that fit their roster more and Mike Conley and Nan these picks? Like, that was a really turning point. I know D'Lo was, had a hot January, but I just if you think the Wolves were going to do this with D'Lo after the trade deadline, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I mean, again, proof is in the pudding. He was benched by the Lakers against the Wolves the other night. So that was a – you'll probably never, ever make up for the Rudy Gobert trade just by how much you paid for it, but – that Conley deal, uh, again, pretty much just saved your season and saved year one of this massive experiment. And I, I think Conley also still shows that, that there is always going to be room for professional point guards. Yeah. Like, because that's what he is. He He's an adult, but, I mean, he is a professional point guard. He knows exactly what he, his, his role is. He never tries to get outside of that. Like, how many times does he do something and you're like, that was really stupid? I, I mean, he might take a few ill-advised shots at times, but it's very, very small. I mean, D'Lo did nightly things and some of them were great but sometimes you'd be like that was still pretty stupid and Conley just brings a, a, a calmness a captain like influence and you know for all that this team has everybody and their brother saying I have to lead it's up to me I'm the one who's talking right yeah. you know Mike Conley doesn't really say that do you know what he does he just does it his oh. stabilizing we got a pizza, bur- a pizza burning in the oven downstairs <laughs> Uh-oh. We've talked about D'Lo too long. The fans are coming for us. Yeah, exactly right. Well, I, I'll just don't bring up Kirk Cousins, and we'll be fine. But, but you know, the thing about it is Conley just brings a stabilizing influence, and you could see it tonight. And the other thing is, for the most part, a lot of times if things start to go wrong, that really does help. Now, the problem is if things start to go wrong with Cat, he sort of outweighs. It gets to be dicey there. But in this series... Despite the fact that the rotation, because they're without McDaniels and uh, Nas, is limited, I think it's fair to say this. There's three guys, in my opinion, that I need to see really step up and play great. Carl's the first one. There's no question about that. Mm -hmm. I need more from Ant than they got tonight. He had 19 points, 8 and 19 from the field, um, 10 boards, 3 for 8 from three-point range. So a nice game, but I need more than that. And Gobert. 
Like, this is where you're going to have to rely on those three guys, especially to say, we need everything from you. And it can't be in game one, four, and six or something, right? Yep. I mean, those are the three guys, and I think it goes Carl, Ant, two, Gobert, three, where we need consistency, we need to see consistency, and we cannot have, like, off nights, oh, whoops, I didn't have a good game. Yeah, I would, I mean... I disagree a little on Ant's performance tonight. There, there were a few. I think there was a few moments where he kind of killed the the ball movement. You know, which that's that that's one of the biggest things with his game is he just gets into the all right. It's it's me versus the world on offense on this possession, or it's he does the uh, it's my turn thing sometimes where they'll have they'll have five great ball movement spin cycle possessions, and now it's my turn, and it just will like kind of break the flow. But if you told me, all right, he's gonna eight for nineteen, a little inefficient, but he's gonna go for nineteen, ten, six, couple steals, play pretty good defense, um, play with energy for thirty nine minutes, like I would generally take that. But I, th- this was a huge step up from that Lakers performance, yeah, mm-hmm. which is the lowest bar you could ever set if you're Anthony Edwards. So if he gives you something like this in most of the Denver games, I would take it. But I also agree that there's there's even more that he can give, and we've seen it. I also think he's been, like he was icing his hand apparently after the last game, and he fell on his neck and his head, and you got to wonder like how close to a hundred percent is he? Is he like sixty percent, eighty percent? How's but he just kind of plows through it? Cat, the, the cat Oof. wrist thing was weird. He got Judd got yeah. like caught up in like a on a rebound or whatever. Okay, um, but then and you I mean obviously Judd was there like he kind of ran off to the locker room and came back, and I don't think it really bothered him. I never saw him shaking it again, but it was like anytime you hear Carl and wrist. You think, you know, Kevin Love and knuckle push-ups are like, oh, my God, again, do we have something going on? But he looked okay. Knuckle push-ups. Knuckle push-ups. Yeah. Push-ups. yeah. Knuckle I will push-ups. say the, the, the stat of the like – if you're, if you're picking a box score, Phil, like one of the stats that stood out to me was Rudy Gobert, 9 for 14 from free throws. That yeah. was massive because, again, they just played to their size, as Judd was talking about. Um, and, you know, if he can split a pair every time he goes there and just get you a point, you know, that's not great, but at least it's not nothing. But 9 for 14, he just – Every time they needed a pointer to kind of stem a little run, he would just pin a guy under the basket, and he was, you know, mm-hmm. other than that air ball one, he was, he was phenomenal. Yeah. Well, let's go around the room one last time here. And, and, by the way, thank you again for everyone who's hanging out with us here on the Score North YouTube channel, this live edition of Flagrant Howls as the Timberwolves punch their ticket, literally punch their ticket yeah. to the playoffs. <laughs> in back-to-back seasons for the first time in almost 20 years. Uh, so, Jeb, we'll go to you first here so because you're kind of closing it down right now at Target last Center, Media Row. So we're going to give you your, la- your, last, <laughs> your last take here. Um, your biggest takeaway, either looking at this game or looking ahead, what's, uh, what's your final take here? My final take is this. Uh, for, I'm checking the stats out right here. Uh, points in the paint, 58 to 30 wolves okay so 58 points in the paint the wolves did a great job tonight of doing everything that they had to do against an opponent they should have beaten but with the way their season has gone we had no confidence necessarily that they were going to so i think they did a good good job this okc team i think is going to be really good eventually i mean they they have some they have some talent. They're going to get more talent. They can yeah. play a fast game. I think they play. I think they tried to play a little bit too fast at times tonight, and it actually helped out the Wolves. But um, I'm with Kyle. I think as far as Chris Finch goes, uh, this is one of the better games that he's coached too. Like as far as as far as the strategy, they exploited it. And OKC, you know, had real problems shooting at times, 
but that's also a credit to the Wolves defensively. So um, this is certainly a high point of Timberwolves, um, not playoff games, but of Timberwolves games that have followed regular seasons right now. This is a, a high point. The Clippers win in the single playoff game was fun. But if you recall, Cats dunk, and that went down to the wire, too. Uh, this was this was the type of game where you felt at, at halftime, okay, come out there and continue the beatdown, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, come out here and win by 25. Like, there's no rule that says it has to be a five-point game. And yeah. the Wolves did, and the Wolves get full credit. I don't care who the opponent is for doing exactly that. So, kudos to them. Yeah. So, we'll let Judd go here. They're going to sweep Judd off the Target Center floor. Gentlemen, Appreciate you, sir. be safe. Walk to your beds safely. I know there's alcohol involved. I don't want anyone to fall face first or get hurt. I know you're celebrating. Kyle, congratulations on a huge win. The Wolves aren't drinking champagne, but damn it, you are, and that's all that matters. See you guys. There he is. All right, Judd Zolgad, Mr. Hoops himself, the sports dad, Judd Zolgad from Target Center. So, all right, same thing for you. What's your sort of biggest takeaway or your your final take here on this live flagrant house? I we've joked about this. I think this was one of the ten biggest wins in Timberwolves franchise history. I, can, what, I mean, we, we can go I, through the other nine, but what what, I, what I'm saying it's that hard is, for me to fight you on that. I mean, well, <laughs> well I because mean, what, and and again, it's a playing game. I can't believe you're getting all jacked up about the eight seed. Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, because this allowed you to prevent yourself. I don't know if the two big things going to work, and that's the importance now of doing it against maybe the best big man in the league, uh, him or you know Embiid or whatever. Uh, I don't know if it's going to work, but now we're going to get to see it. And that was the whole problem all season long with not having Carl around is that you invested in this experiment that yes was supposed to accelerate the development of Ant and Jaden, but it also was built around kind of Carl's window and Carl's prime. Uh, and now you get four, five, six, seven, hell, maybe more games of that. And it doesn't create a reactionary thing where, again, we've both been hard on Chris Finch, but I think losing this game and firing Chris Finch would have been a massive mistake. Uh, I you just Because I just don't know how many other good coaches are out there. I don't know who you're going to bring in that's better. So this allows you, and Phil, you said it better than I can, to kind of continue the experiment, not make a panic decision. I think ownership and maybe some of the things they did last summer were panic decisions or like feeling themselves a little too bit with, with their shoes off. Now you can kind of be a normal franchise, go play playoff games, see how your young stud performs, see how your 27-year-old kind of all-NBA guy performs, and then make better decisions down the road. The NBA, you need as much data as possible to make decisions, and now the Wolves will give themselves two more weeks of data to try to figure out the next step of all yeah. this. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the... A loss in this game would have opened the door for so many questions, and I think rightfully so. Because if you and I get that, there's always the cat excuse of like, "Well, cat missed fifty games," but but even with like no. the games cat played in, they were like five hundred. Yeah, and so it would it would open the door for a lot of just questions. And now they get they get a series and a blank canvas here. There's there's no rule saying that. I mean, think think about half the teams in the Western Conference playoffs underachieved in the regular season for injury reasons or like the Warriors like couldn't win on the road. They won eight road games or whatever, nine road games all season. So there's a lot of teams that just underachieved in the regular season. And now you all have a chance to do some damage, make a run. We've been saying this, dude, when they were six games under 500 or whatever, or not, maybe it wasn't that. Was it five games under 500 after the uh, New Year's Eve loss to the Pistons? Yeah, we were saying something. Yeah, that was but, e- was. but even like after that, I feel like 
my personal thought was, well, this is kind of a disaster, but really, if they could just get to the playoffs, the Western Conference is kind of a, just it's just weird up and down, and they can make some noise in the first round or win a first-round playoff series, they could still take a step forward this year, and all of that is still in front of them. So my, my two biggest takeaways are everything is still in front of them. Yep, yep. yep. They're not championship contenders. But, dude, they can beat the Nuggets in a seven-game series. And if they do, I, I don't know what the series price will be. I'm guessing the Wolves will be, you know, pretty heavy dogs just because it's eight versus one. Um, everything people have criticized both locally and nationally this season are, like, are good. Like, I get it. We said it. I said it from a tarmac in Cancun, Mexico, like, nine months ago. That was, oh, I don't know if I want Rudy Gobert. Um, if Tim Connolly leaves the Nuggets for Minnesota, and Minnesota beats the Nuggets in the first round, I will be, I, I will get arrested. Like, I will, I will, I don't know what else to tell you. I just will, that, can you imagine the 180 narrative of all of that if this all wraps up this year with Rudy Gobert stopping two-time MVP Nikola Jokic and Tim Connolly defeating his old team? I, I, I think it's very unlikely, um, you know, but the Doctor Strange and the Avengers, like the one thing, like if that one scenario happens, then, you know, then you hang a banner. You reti- I don't know what Tim Connolly's cell is, but you retire his <laughs> cell phone number in the rafters and you just say that man did it. So long way to go, but to get here and to survive this season, it does. If you were going to crush this team if they lost tonight, and rightfully so, you have no choice but to give them some flowers for winning yeah. and advancing. It's, uh, yes, dude, it is. And, and we'll... We'll reconvene. My guess is our next podcast will be just a recap of the first game of the Nuggets series at this point. I think this will probably stand as, all right, let's let this breathe here for a couple of days. But so, so my first main takeaway is there are still a lot of things in front of them that they can accomplish. And they at least have done something that they haven't done in 19 years as a franchise, which is make the playoffs and back-to-back seasons, which is part of the reason why you bring in Rudy Gobert, who yep. was really good tonight. Yep. My second main takeaway, because I dished a lot of criticism to him, and I stand by all of it, but when he performs the way he did tonight and they blow the doors off Oklahoma City, he deserves praise. This was one of the best big-game performances in Carl Anthony Towns' career. And correct, there doesn't need to be any sort of yeah, but, or period. It was one of the best big-game performances of his career, and I am looking forward to, see, uh, to seeing what he does against the two-time reigning defending most valuable player, Nikola Jokic. Uh, we'll leave everyone with this. Uh, I, I should have asked Judd, too, when we had him on. Better Minnesota quarterback, Kirk Cousins, or that full-court pass Mike Conley had to Carl that ended <laughs> with a Rudy good. Gobert dunk? That was pretty good. Because that, uh, that was a pretty cool moment to, like, I mean, I, I'm so risk-averse. Well, Kirk, Kirk would have Kirk checked down to uh, <laughs> to Nikhil Alexander-Walker in the backcourt there. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> congratulations thanks everyone for listening thanks for hanging out with us here late in the uh now we're we're, we're on to uh on to saturday here uh past midnight and if you could please click the subscribe button and the like button on this episode of flagrant howls on the score north youtube channel helps us spread the word about this awesome fan community you guys are helping us build so appreciate you guys kyle Go pop another bottle, dude. It's only 10 o'clock on the West yeah, Coast. You got plenty of, of time. West tonight. Coast, best coast. Let's keep plenty going. Plenty of time. 
Uh, all right, that is a wrap on uh, this play-in recap episode of Flagrant Howls, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. <laughs>